Did you enjoy the food? I didn't eat any. I, it looked good. You didn't eat any I did food? Not. I did not. Oh, I had to eat something. I had a little bit. It was good. Yeah. Was I had a slider and a, yep. a, a chicken okay. kebab. Yep. 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 Good. Okay, so we're talking food and chicken and stuff, but I don't think that's why we're here. Or is that why we're here? I, don't know. <laughs> I can talk. I can talk about other stuff. Okay, what else? Can I, hold on. Hey, Amy. So, do you want to do you want to transition from the food thing to food in schools and how it makes it difficult to clean? Go ahead. Especially, especially during COVID, when we basically stopped eating lunch in the classrooms and started eating, or stopped eating lunch in the cafeteria and started eating lunch in the classrooms. They've always been eating lunch in the classrooms at some point. Come on, uh, Luke. I didn't see it as much. I'll be completely honest. I will say the first kind of deviation that I really saw is when school districts started applying um, for the before and after school programs. Right. They start serving lunches before school. That was really because they couldn't fit all those kids into the cafeteria at that point. They don't have that three-stage thing like they do in the middle of the day. Um, and so that's kind of when I start seeing yeah a lot of breakfast in the, yeah exactly. a lot of breakfast in the classrooms a lot of breakfast in the classrooms and if you have a tile floor that's one thing but if you have a carpeted surface that that makes it pretty much a nightmare for the custodial staff oh, yeah but even if it's on the tile floor then it gets tracked everywhere it's still syrup and milk and juice and all the other things you wouldn't want to spill on a floor yeah right well I'm gonna tell you what cleaning up li uh, those kind of liquids Luke is a little different than cleaning up uh, bodily fluids or, or other things okay I didn't I, I didn't there, I had I had a custodian who called them protein drinks. So on the on the walkie talkies, they'd say we had a protein drink spill. So that, that, that was the just, that was the key word for thing. for what you and I know what we're talking about. So you didn't have any idea this is where we were going, did you? I did not. It's quite entertaining. <laughs> see if you listen. See if you listen to a podcast, you never have any idea what's going to happen, folks. That's the fun thing about a podcast. That's the joy. We don't have any agenda. We're just having a good conversation. Yep. So, do you see typical problems like that in Florida from where you're from? Do you think that kids are any different here than they are in Florida? Uh, I think the furnishings might maybe might be a little different in Florida. Have you guys moved away from carpeting just a little more, just because of the humidity and stuff? Like I, that? I think you're probably seeing that everywhere. Okay. I mean, if you li I, uh, if you listen to the podcast quite a bit, we talk about it all the time. Luxury vinyl is now taking over 70% to 80% of the flooring market. Yep. Carpet's going out. VCT's going out. You're getting polished concrete. The finished concrete looks wonderful as right, well. Right, yep. right. You're getting finished yep. concrete. Uh, you're getting uh, terrazzo. Now, down in Florida, terrazzo is pretty big. That would make sense, just based kind of on the architectural styles and kind of the feel of some of those towns, maybe. So. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think you're really your hard surface floor, people are starting to realize that it's, you know, well, and I think that's something we talked about for years. Um, districts would always do a cost evaluation, and when they do the cost evaluation, they're comparing one laying of carpeting to one laying of a tile floor, but that's not what happens. It's three layings of carpeting to that one laying of a tile floor. So if you're really going to do your, your math, you need to understand that that tile floor is going to last two to three times longer than the carpeted surfaces, and it's going to be a lot easier for your custodial staff to clean and maintain. Well, and, and you start talking about the health of a building. Carpets are the sewer. Exactly. My, my mom was a decorator, and she said the only clean carpeting was new carpeting. So that I, I kind of took that to heart when I was a little kid, and I, I agree with that. So um, once you start having 25 kids tracking stuff in on it, it's not clean carpeting anymore. So Amy doesn't want to be in the podcast. I can see she's just like, give me my drink and let me go. 
Okay, all right. Okay. I can spiel so we'll, for we'll I can get, spiel we'll for a while. He's the smart guy. I can riff for a while. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just type. Yeah, but there's another guy over here. Folks, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it anyway because he just he knows. He doesn't want to. Guy. See, there no, he is. You can see, see with his arms crossed, like I ain't gonna say anything. No. Who are we? Bob Clausmeyer. I'm Education Safety Coordinator with Missouri School Board Association Center for Education Safety. It's the mouthful. Yes. Yeah. See, I knew he had something to say. Yeah. So what? What Mo CIT? What? What? Well, that's just a, they're partners of ours, so yeah. Crisis intervention team, you know, multiple agencies, law enforcement, mental health, all of our agencies, SROs, associations, and fire department, all working together to you know to respond to those crises. But that's who we work with. You know, they're a partner of ours and at Center for Education Safety. And so we work with them to, to kind of coordinate and bring them all together and work together. And you can see all those people in the background, folks. I have no idea who they are, but I know that if you were watching a little earlier, there's a cigar bar over there. The guy was actually making them. So if you uh, watch some of this series of podcasts, you'll be able to actually see him making some of the cigars. But we'll get back over here to Luke. <laughs> Because I want, I, I want I, you know, talking about cleaning is always up my alley. On the top of your list, that's right. But indoor air quality is interesting. And Amy, i got to get you back in this. Because my first podcaster today talked about air filters. And I remember our podcast, we were talking, and we were talking about Merv and all of this. And I was like, i got to get up to speed on this because I didn't know what was going on. I got a whole lot of information from this guy. Uh, and I'm like, hey, i got some people I'm going to talk to later today about indoor air quality. Filters. We were talking about that on the last one. Right. Here's a guy smoking a cigar behind me. Whoa, Smell it. <laughs> yes. Filter guy. Um, I guess just if you want to talk about See how Amy does? She just directs it always somebody That's all right. That is my job. To that's delegate. all right. She... Redirect and delegate. That's a, that's a, good, uh, that's a good trait to have. I like have, to delegate so. to people who are smarter than me. So if you want to talk a little bit about filters, um, we can definitely talk about filters. Um, I'm not sure what the gentleman told you earlier today, but um, during the COVID um, crisis, basically that started in March of 2020, ASHRAE, which is the American Society of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers, basically had several recommendations. There were three primary ones that had to do with COVID. One was turning your systems on for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which I'm still a little, I still have issues with because I'm, I'm sympathetic to the facilities director and their financial budgets. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily realistic or appropriate. Um, but again, that was one of the ASHRAE recommendations. The second recommendation that ASHRAE made was that you introduce more outside fresh air. And this typically involves opening up the outside air dampers on the HVAC systems, which are typically our rooftop units. Or if we have unit ventilators in the room, we may have some air dampers along that lower base of the exterior wall as well. Um, basically, if we open up those air dampers, we're going to allow more fresh air into the building. And the theory behind that was that it would go along way in diluting any of the COVID contaminants or virus particulates that may be floating around in the air from any of the people in the classroom or other areas of the school where they may have um, somebody who is expressing symptoms or maybe somebody who hasn't tested positive yet but who actually has COVID. And then the third thing that ASHRAE recommended does actually
actually have to do with filtration. And they recommended that you went basically from a MERV-8 pleated filter to a MERV-13 if possible. There's a couple challenges with that, especially early on in the pandemic. One of the challenges was a lot of manufacturers literally sold out of the MERV-13 filters. There was a mass rush of people there was a mass rush of people basically purchasing MERV-13 filters, so a lot of the manufacturers ran out of stock. So at that point, districts were relying on MERV-10, maybe MERV-11 filtration, and that's pretty good. Um, the other thing that may limit um, the system's ability to use a MERV-13 filter has to do with the age of the system and its capacity to deal with that restriction of that higher filtration. So when we put a MERV-13 filter in, basically the restriction gets more and more. That fan motor has to work harder and harder to push that air through the filter. And oftentimes we can create an unintended um, problem for our facilities where we're actually burning up fan motors in HVAC systems um, when we're really trying to do something good by increase the level of filtration. So you're really going to want to have your HVAC engineers verify that your systems are capable of handling a MERV-13 filter before you install this. Now, you know what's interesting about this is my first podcast guest this afternoon talked about air filters. Salome and I talked about air filters and stuff. I was in Florida, plant managers there last week. We talked about air filters there. I, I, I mean, it just, it just keeps on going about air filters. And the biggest thing I hear all the time on this too, Luke, is air movement. Yes. You've got to have fresh air. Yes. We had buildings that were closed up all the time for so long. Now and that goes back to the energy crisis back in the early to mid-70s. And then we actually kind of had a follow-up to that where energy prices, I think it was the winter of 2008, 2009, the gas prices jumped up almost doubled for the winter. So I had facility directors literally shutting down their outside air intakes just to try to manage the cost that had immediately doubled. Their gas bill immediately doubled for the district. So definitely creates some challenges. Well, you know, there's always things that we're at a conference for. Uh, the two of you are here mainly for what? Well, I'm presenting tomorrow on healthy schools and what we should do to basically set up healthy schools. But really, I'm here in support of kind of what Children's Mercy and the Mid-America Pediatric Environmental Health Specialty Unit, or PESU. Um, we've been collaborating with the Missouri School Board Association for a little over two years now, really since the start of the pandemic. And so really, I'm just here to support the good things that Amy and her group with MS, um, the Missouri School Board Association, is trying to promote. And so, Amy, are you presenting tomorrow? I'm not presenting. But we um, partner with Missouri School Plant Managers Association and try to provide services and resources to their group and partner with them to develop resources for our school plant managers so they can continue to work towards those healthy environments. Amy's not going to present. She's just going to let the rest of us do it. I'm just going to hang out. Okay, so uh, I'm going to come back around over here. Because uh, you're still here. I'm still just, here. Hey. I should have run when I had a chance. Yeah, you should have ran when you... Yeah. Okay, so are you presenting tomorrow? Uh, presenting Tuesday, actually. Tuesday? Uh, yes. Incident Command System for Schools. So that communication system and integration of communications, it should an incident occur. So I'm doing that with plant managers and focusing on how that would apply to facility and, and plant managers. 